Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Joshua P. Warren back with us. Spent more than 20 years breaking ground in the paranormal, and he does the best on it. Joshua is considered an expert on ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, psychic phenomena, time warps, and everything that presses forth the boundaries of normal reality. We're going to be talking about sigils tonight in addition to many other paranormal things. And I want you to get up to coasttocoastam.com in the highlight reel and take a look at what Josh has sent to us. He's also on the Paranormal Podcast Network with his show called Strange Things. Mr. Warren, welcome back. Well, thank you, George. It is always a thrill to be with you. How have you been? I have been doing very well. I haven't melted yet, despite the fact I'm here in Las Vegas. And uh, I was just telling Tom off the air, oddly enough, I am cold here more often than I'm hot because people go so overboard with the air conditioning. Um, so I don't know, know whether to wear short sleeves or long sleeves, but I've been out in the desert hunting UFOs. Uh, I have new haunted objects in my house, which is something that I try to avoid, but they just keep finding a way here. And I have a brand new laboratory to produce sigils. So there's a lot happening right now. We'll get into sigils in a moment. Your land is close to Area 51, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, Rachel, Nevada is the settlement closest to Area 51. And last year, I purchased acres of land when they, much to my surprise, came up for sale uh, right there near the boundary of Area 51. And I got it strictly to do experiments and research. I want to make it very clear. 
I am absolutely doing nothing to impose upon the government work. I'm not trying to snoop into what they're doing or to interfere or trespass. I just know that that entire area has a paranormal history uh, going back thousands of years. I mean, there are petroglyphs around there of what is called Paranagat Man, which looks like an alien wearing this bizarre, you know, astronaut co- uh, costume or, or, or outfit. And the only place you find Paranagat Man is in that area around Area 51. Uh, you've got ghost towns there. There's a whole paranormal legacy there, and I think that's one of the reasons that Area 51 was built there. But uh, as you probably know, uh, I have, I've kept you somewhat updated on this. I am currently building for the first time ever what is intended to be a portal opening machine. And uh, the plan is to test this out uh, in the desert on my property and to see if uh, I can create some kind of a paranormal effect out in the area around Area 51. My gosh, Josh, be careful. Who, who knows what's going to happen with that thing? Well, you know, I, I, I here, I'm going to give you some breaking news on a couple of things here tonight. For one thing, um, I have a prototype almost finished that's a quarter scale for this machine. And it turns out that building a portal opening machine is not easy. Um, I would I, not I, think so. <laughs> I kind of I figured that might be the case, but I, I, I said to myself, this is going to probably take me a few years. I've only been working on this about a year now, and one of the things that has slowed me down was uh, the supply chain because I need some rather exotic components from various parts of the world. And for people who have no idea what I'm talking about here, I have decided to use everything that I know from doing 30 years of research regarding. Well, physics and metaphysics and radionics and psionics and psychotronics and sacred geometry and put it all together into this device, which has some moving parts. And I don't want to, of course, tell people how I'm planning to put all this together. Uh, I will someday, especially if it works, or maybe I won't. I might keep it a secret if it works. If it works too well, it might be a dangerous thing. But nonetheless, the other day, I'm talking about six days ago, I, I did this test where I had two of these components spinning for the first time ever. And uh, as soon as they started spinning, and they made it up to close to the speed that I had in mind, uh, the, the lights in my facility started blinking, and then there was a knock on my door all at once. And so I shut everything down. It was kind of jarring because I wasn't sure what was happening. The lights blink, and then there's a knock on the door. So I turned everything off. I went to the door. I opened it. There was nobody out there. And so I realized at that point that something was, was happening. Okay, I, I don't know what. And that's the problem. When you, when you start cranking up these things, you're allowing some kind of energy to start entering. And that's why I'm doing this very, very, very gradually so that I can pull the plug at any moment if I don't like what's happening. But I'm thinking if all goes well, I might have something that I'm ready to take out to the desert uh, about a year from now. Let's, not, let's hope we don't hear a story of you disappearing through a portal and never coming back. Well, you know, it is certainly interesting that a lot of people disappear here in what is known as the Nevada Triangle. As a matter of fact, 
there have been more disappearances here than there have been in the so-called Bermuda Triangle. And, of course, I used to live in the Bermuda Triangle and do research there. Uh, but the Nevada Triangle goes from Las Vegas up to Reno and then over to um, California, as a matter of fact, uh, Fresno. And so um, in that space, uh, I think uh, about over 2,000 airplanes have vanished over the past 60 years. And if you do the math on that, I forget it's like, you know, two or three a, a month. I mean, it's just uh, Steve Fawcett disappeared in that uh, area. Uh, and so uh, there is uh, a large history. And, and, and as a matter of fact, there's a whole page on the Las Vegas Police Department website about how many people vanish in Las Vegas every single day. So there's this big phenomenon of people and things vanishing in the Nevada Triangle. And it makes me wonder if uh, that's part of what these natural portals do. And when you crank up one of these machines that sort of enhances that, if uh, that's a risk you're taking, you might slip into some other realm. And who knows what that realm might be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women, like, especially when it comes to Black women 
the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean, it's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, give us an update before we get into sigils and your work uh, on uh, Robert the Haunted Doll. You know, I'm so glad that you asked me all those years ago to go investigate Robert the Haunted Doll. Because, oh, yeah. You know, he, he before I did that, George, I just found it very difficult to believe that a doll could come to life and start moving around. And after I went down there to Key West, I came back with a whole new opinion because I do believe that there are dolls now, just like Robert, that are able to sometimes become, well, I don't know if possessed is the right word, but they certainly seem like it. They, they become somehow animated, almost like that a human body becomes animated by a soul or a spirit. And, you know, when I went down there, people were terrified of Robert. And I've continued researching him since then. I even wrote a little book about him called Don't Play With Robert, which is on my website, joshuapwarren.com. And the thing I learned was that, for one thing, people who actually started experiencing him coming to life became so uh, shocked by it and so frightened that they started treating him much more respectfully. And so now we have far less incidents than we did before with people having bad luck because they're doing what he wants. They are being respectful. They're asking his permission before they take a picture of him. But because of doing that investigation and because of me coming to the realization that there is something believable about this, well, other haunted dolls have kind of made them w- their way into my life. And uh, I have a friend, I-, I won't use his name on the air without his permission, but um, he had a doll in his house that his uh, brother picked up from an antique store. And then uh, in less than a month, I believe, his brother was found dead in his room, oh, and the doll was a couple feet away. Uh, and his brother was middle-aged. Uh, so the doll ended up in his mother's bedroom, and in a few months later, she was dead with the doll sitting next to her. So he turned around and gave this doll to me, and I took it very reluctantly, and I immediately put it in a storage unit, so I did not bring it into my home. Uh, but occasionally here in Las Vegas, we do produce a, uh, we, we call it a paranormal Vegas show, where we take out haunted and cursed and charmed objects, and so sometimes we bring this doll out for that. But, you, you know, I think it's it's safe to report that Robert is doing well, but there are other haunted dolls out there it's it's true it's real and um i think it's if you're going to study them keep them at a distance do not bring them into your home because um sometimes things that seem to be inanimate can become animate and we don't understand how that process works but uh, i'm very particular about things i bring into my house these days is robert still in that glass case down there Yes, he is. He's still in the glass case at the East Fort Martello Museum, and uh, he's treated uh, like a king. Uh, and, in fact, I, I, I'm i going to use this as a great excuse to tell my wife I need to fly back to Key West and do an investigation. It's, I'll say, George Norrie needs me to do another investigation. It's, <laughs> that's one of my favorite places. I love Key West. And when you go down there, 
you know, there's such a, a, a rich history and a lot, a lot of ghost stories, of course. And so sure enough, when you walk into the room where Robert is located, um, I mean, he is, he's sitting there in a little chair. He looks very peaceful. To me, I think he has kind of a little smile on his face. Some people think it looks more like a smirk. Some people think he looks like he's growling. So maybe he does a little, you know, it's a, the, the expression varies from person to person. But um, I was really lucky because when I went down there to do that investigation all those years ago, um, they actually agreed to remove this glass case from around him for the first time in four years. And I had a UV light with me that I shined on him, and I suppose I was the first person to do that because UV doesn't make it through glass. And uh, when I shined this UV light on him, a, a little symbol appeared on his sleeve, which was otherwise invisible. And that is why we think he now had some kind of a magical symbol or sigil put on his sleeve. And that was one of the first things that got me into the sigil research. So I think whoever um, whoever modified Robert the doll, because he was originally like a rare German Steiff doll, apparently, but whoever modified him, they I believe they put him through some kind of a ritual, and they, they sealed it, which that's what sigil means. Sigil is Latin uh, it's for, uh, for seal. Uh, and so they, they sealed it with one of these marks, and uh, whatever process they used is what gave him life. This is truly remarkable. And uh, what got Robert to be haunted in the first place? Well, you know, the idea behind that particular case is that his, well, the family that purchased him uh, was a very prominent family there in Key West, and they had a, a woman who worked for them, she was, uh, you know, basically a servant of some kind. Uh, she apparently had a heritage that was connected to the islands, because, you know, obviously we're talking about Key West, so you're very close to uh, all of the Caribbean area and a lot of the places like, well, we, we hear all the time about even Haiti, where voodoo and zombies and all that kind of thing is so prominent. And so at, at a certain point... And this is uh, pretty well uh, documented in some books out there. At a certain point, um, there was a falling out between this woman who was their servant and the family. And she was the main caretaker of their little boy. Uh -huh. and, uh, and his name was, was Robert Otto. And so uh, he loved this doll that... They also named Robert. His name was Robert, and this doll that was almost as big as him was named Robert. And so it is believed that uh, at some point, and we're not sure exactly what the falling out was over, but at some point she took that doll and almost treated it as if it were a large voodoo doll of the little boy. And she she did something that did not harm the little boy so to speak, but it, it made him absolutely obsessed with the doll to the point that uh, over time it consumed him, and you could say that in the long run it did hurt him psychologically. Uh, it kind of eventually ran the family into the ground because he was attached to this doll until he was an adult. Uh, but uh, that was the, the whole stem of this situation is this problem between Robert's, the, the little boy, Robert's, family and this woman from uh from the islands now he wasn't haunted prior to that was he no there's no reason to believe that as a matter of fact uh 
the original Stife doll, though, it did look pretty creepy. Uh, it had uh, a little clown outfit on it, and uh, I know you love clowns. Oh, yeah. And... They're, they're top, <laughs> tops on my list. If you think Robert looks creepy now, George, uh, you, if you saw, if, if you had an illustration, and I'm sure they're out there, of how he originally looked, you would probably find him even spookier because, yeah, he had, he had like a little uh, pointy hat and um, an outfit that had little, I think they call them like pom-poms or whatever, and just a little creepy-looking clown dude. But, you know, see, the little boy, Robert the little boy, he was into sailors and the sea and all that, and so the clown outfit was transformed into a little sailor outfit, and then the, the, the Robert the little boy had uh, his favorite animal, which was lions, and so they got a little stuffed lion, and they added that to Robert the doll. Uh, and so all these little pieces were put together to personalize the doll so that now it not only has the name of the little boy, but it's dressed the way the little boy would like to be dressed. It's got the little, little lion that the little boy would like to play with. And it, it, they did everything possible. At least this woman did everything possible in order to capture the essence, the very spirit of this child in this doll and then to use it in probably ways that we'll never even understand to manipulate that whole family. Josh, do you find that during times of strife worldwide, the episodes of paranormal activity increases? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, the thing about paranormal activity is um, to a certain extent, uh, a lot of it is human-based. In other words, humans are very powerful batteries. And uh, that's why we're so extraordinary and mysterious, because even though we talk all the time about AI, there's still nothing more complex and amazing than the human brain. And uh, we still don't understand exactly the mind-body connection, especially the mind-body-environment connection, which also ties into this idea that it's, it's very mysterious that dolls can sometimes take on life. But getting back to humans, we are electrical machines, and you can measure the human bioenergy field. When a person is calm and relaxed, the bioenergy field around the person is calm and relaxed. But if you jump out and go, boo, uh, then all of a sudden there is a huge surge of energy that just shoots out like lightning bolts in all directions and you can feel it you feel your heart jump in your chest and so when people are stressed they start producing this very high frequency or very low frequency depending on how they process stress these extreme biofrequencies that start to uh, irritate all the electrical and uh, electromagnetic, electrostatic fields in an entire environment. And when you start rattling up an environment, that's when paranormal phenomena begins to happen. And so calm people oftentimes will not even notice something paranormal going on in their lives. But people who are uh, high-strung, uh, maybe more neurotic, especially people who are prone to be, uh, you know, stressed out all the time. I mean, um, they are in, in some cases a lot, lot more aware of what's going on, but I think they can also create it because their, their energy is being expressed in such a way that it can not only trigger things in an almost 
telekinetic way, but uh, sometimes it kills them. That's why they have heart attacks. They don't live as long because uh, they just wear themselves out. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.